of them and stand with us as we uh, get here in the Word of God and Ephesians chapter number 5. And uh, I would like to start here at verse number 14. And we've been reading verse 15 for a few weeks. And I'm just, I'd like to go back here and read uh, these three verses that have been the central text of this sermon series on the walk, the wisdom, and the will of God. As we've been looking here and just uh, diving into the Word of God and uh, looking at this, and uh, we're going to continue on the subject of godly wisdom uh, here tonight. And uh, we had started last Wednesday night, and we'll touch base here on some things that we had started with last week, and uh, just getting here into the Word of God this evening. But Ephesians 5, verse number 14, if you're there with me, won't you say amen? amen. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. Amen. I like that because the he that says it is Christ. It's a call to us. And Christ is what? He's the resurrection and the life. And so therefore, those things that are dead, he calls them to life again. So he said, if you're awake, or he said, if you're asleep, awake. And if you're dead, I call you to arise. And Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, simply meaning a, a wise utilization of our time. Because time is something we're not promised a lot of. Because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Amen. Amen. And tonight we're going to look here and continue on this thought of godly wisdom. Help us to pray tonight one more time. Father, I thank you once again for every heart, every life represented here in this house tonight. I thank you for your word, the power of your word. And Lord, I pray that once again, let our hearts be open. Let our ears be open. Lord, let us hear and, and Lord, let the word of God be planted in the fertile ground of our souls. Lord, let it produce forth good fruit and those things that glorify you. Oh Lord, I pray that you would speak clearly to us tonight. Anoint us. I pray, anoint my mind and lips to preach. And Father, we will be quick to give you all the praise and the glory. And we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. As we have been in this sermon series, we'd spent uh, a few sermons on what foolishness looked like. We were talking about uh, uh, foolishness in the sense of uh, how that pertains to us. We talked about how rebellion is steeped in foolishness as to where there is uh, immaturity is, uh, accompanies 
foolishness. We talked about the fact as to where our feelings, if, they, if there is not the Spirit of God that governs and provides self-control and temperance, which against such, the Bible said, there is no law against those things. But a fruit of the Spirit, self-control, allowing the Spirit of God, amen, to help us and guide us. But our feelings can be foolish. We had talked about some of these things. And the reason why we spent time there is because we do not really begin, I believe, to understand what wisdom is. Nor have a desire to pursue wisdom if we do not come to grips with our foolishness. Our foolish ways. When Jacob Smith recognizes and realizes that I don't know how to do it all. That I don't have the answer for it all. That there are places in my life where I have got to grow up and mature. When there are things that in my rebellion, when I want it my way and I want to do things my way, I suffer, Brother Jeremy, the consequences of foolishness. And so I have to allow God, we have to allow God to challenge our hearts and deal with us. And we'd spent time preaching in that realm. And so because here in Ephesians 5 and 15 in the call to walk circumspectly, paying attention, looking around, being aware, recognizing what's going on not only around us, but what is before us. What we have to understand is that our decision that our actions, they carry with them eternal weight. There is eternal consequence to our decisions. There is impact in, and influence inside of every one of us. And we here in Ephesians 5, as we were talking about our walk with God, we find there were three specific commands and how we are to walk. The distinction of love, to walk in love, the distinction to walk in his light, the focus and clarity, amen, of the word of God. The word of God is light, it is life, amen. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light, the Bible says, shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Who is that light? It's Christ. And so we are called called to walk in light. Amen. And we are called to walk circumspectly. Three specific commands of how to walk. The specific command of not to walk as fools, but rather as wise. Amen. And so last week we began to look at this and ask the question, if you will, what is wisdom? By definition, wisdom is declared as the quality of being wise. Knowledge and the capacity to make due use of it, of said knowledge. Knowledge of the best ends, the best means. Discernment 
and judgment, discretion, skill, and dexterity. These things we find as definition of wisdom. And we have learned, and we are learning, should I say, and we're looking at the Word of God in regards to the fact that there is a distinction in godly wisdom. We come to find as to where there is the challenge before us that we recognize and realize first and foremost that we need need wisdom. We find the Word of God commands it. I want you to grab a hold of that right there. It is a command. It is not a suggestion. It is not just if you feel like it. It is not well maybe if there's enough people and enough majority who will do so. No sir, no ma'am. In our lives as a result of walking with God, as a result of of surrendering ourselves laying foolishness at that altar this flesh being crucified we are in that place and position as the word of God says get wisdom amen to get it to grab a hold of it amen to desire it to practice it to live it in every place and capacity of our lives I want you to understand tonight that as we look at the word of God in Proverbs 4 and 7 and we're going to be referencing Proverbs chapter 4 in different times as we are on this subject of wisdom but we find the word of God said wisdom is the principal thing and what is the principal thing that speaks of priority it speaks of preeminence in our life and so he said therefore get wisdom you must have it you need it and he said and with all thy getting get understanding amen you're not shouting but I'm preaching amen it's the word of God. Get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. We see and let me remind you the subject of wisdom, the influence of wisdom, the theme of wisdom is intertwined and woven throughout from the very in the beginning to the last amen of revelation. We see as God is working his truth, we see as God is, is putting every connection together for the redemptive plan of humanity and the guiding light of that. Amen. Is the wisdom of God and His desire that we as well know Him. Isn't that what redemption is? Isn't that what reconciliation to God is? That we are back together with Him. At one time where sin had separated. At one time where we were alienated. I was not a man apart. I was not able to claim inheritance. But now because of redemption's plan now because of a savior now because of the blood I have been brought nigh I am drawn near whereby now brother Roderick I can cry Abba father I am in the family of God and I am sister Tia join heir with Jesus and therefore can I remind you church tonight that what belongs to the son it is well belongs to you and I as we are joint heirs 
I want you to know tonight every promise, every bit of power, every bit of wisdom, every bit of the Spirit of God that we would so desire and open our hearts to receive. It is not, Brother Eli, prohibited from his children, but we must one more time turn our hearts again and to seek after the presence and power of God and to say, Lord, in this hour, I need you and I need godly wisdom in my life. Oh, we must have it. It's a part of God's plan. It is a necessity. Brother Roderick had brought it up even Sunday night, referencing the scripture as it reminds us that the people perish. We die for a lack of knowledge, for a lack of knowledge. And that knowledge there being spoke of, it is not knowledge in the sense of book smarts. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with being book smart. There's nothing wrong with having an education. But understand this is that we have people that are sitting in the shadow of the steeples and they don't know anything about God and they don't know anything about His love and they don't know anything about His mercy and there are people that are slipping off into eternity and making hell their home for eternity lost without God forever because there are people that do not have a knowledge of Him. There are some that have turned their hearts away with a callous heart and a mind that says I'll pursue the things and the knowledge and the insights of this world. Oh, but can I say that with our getting, we must get understanding. Friends, it's not enough to stand up here and preach for 30 or 45 minutes and give you scripture and give you the word of God, but it just fall out there and it not be picked up and it not be applied. I want to tell you this word is life and the word will keep you and the word will keep you out of hell and the word will help you make heaven and the word will give you power and victory but we've got to grab a hold of it and apply it and plant it deep within our hearts. Oh, it's not enough to treat the Bible like a stat book. I know folks who can quote the Bible like nobody's business. And they're as lost as they can be. They can tell you every hymn that was written and the story behind it. But they don't know the God of the song. Come on here. They can tell you about all the doctrines of the church. They can tell you the name of every pastor, every board member, every elder, every Sunday school teacher. We can build our monuments and we can have our plaques. But I'm here to tell you it is all for nothing. If we have missed everything, and the everything is the Word. Oh, the Word of God said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the word was God why I need wisdom and why I need in all my getting to get understanding because when I apply this and my heart to godly wisdom I am receiving of the Lord Jesus because he is the word he is the word we've got so much nonsense around us 
so much nonsense. And I don't have to spend time talking about the nonsense of the world. We got nonsense in the church. We got nonsense in our personal lives. There are times that we don't have victory. That relationship with God is strained or non-existent. As Brother Roderick beautifully laid out Sunday night. But I'm telling you there's nonsense going on. Because we are not in pursuit of godly wisdom. And to say what does thus saith the Lord. Help me Lord understand your ways. Because I am only going to walk with you. I am only. That's why we find the sequence of this, these verses. That if foolishness must be willing to be abandoned. The pursuit of wisdom has to happen. And then you find in verse, uh, uh, here in verse 17 where we were reading. Where he concludes with this thought. He said, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So you see the sequence of events. I have to be willing to give my foolishness to Him. I've got to be willing to abandon it. I must be in pursuit of wisdom. I must in my getting get understanding. And then I can clearly know the will of of the Lord. And the will of the Lord, I agree a hundred percent with what was said Sunday night. The will of God is just not about what we do, it is who we are. It is who we are in Christ. Amen. Because if it is about what we do and we only tie it to what is being done, there are a lot of people who are doing religious things, but they are not being servants of God. And therefore, you see, the enemy, he kind of has a heyday when the church is busy doing. Oh, I'm doing the will of God, but nobody's being what God's called them to be. Because all we can, when there's nothing but doing, that's when there are beautiful sepulchers full of dead men's bones. That's when there are pulpiteers that want to inspire and motivate a congregation by fancy words. But until a man and woman is and has become and is becoming who that Christ is and what that word says. Sister Shan, it's not enough for me to have a title and be show up here at this church and say well I'm the pastor I'm the preacher and I'm going to do this but when I'm at home I'm a monster to my family my own little girl wouldn't respect me she wouldn't want the Jesus that daddy talked about oh if I was acting in such a way can I say there's a lot of folks that can do you can give a microphone to a circus clown and he can get you excited and we've got a lot of circus performers in our time today but we need men and women of God who are in the word of God grabbing the wisdom of God and saying it's not enough to do but let me be let me be what you would have me to be oh because in that sense can I say when that is our endeavor we don't ever have to be embarrassed I was and I'm not telling you this story. I'm not shining the halo. I'm just telling you because I'll be honest with you. It caught me off guard. I was in a local store in Vider. I had to run in 
and pick up something for the school. I was going in there, and I had got the item that I needed, and I, I was looking. I was looking for someone who could cash me out. And I had the item in my hand, and, and there was a lady. I saw the lady first. There was a lady standing back there. I said, is this right here where I can, where I can cash out? She said, yes, sir. Sure can. I said, all right. And so I put the, I put the item there on the, on the counter. And then there was a man who spoke up, and he said, uh, he said, I sure love listening to y'all's, your preaching and watching y'all service on Sunday nights. And I looked, and I didn't know, I didn't know who he was. And I said, uh, and he said, Victory Temple, right? And I said, yes, sir. And uh, he said, Jacob Smith, right? Pastor Jacob Smith, yes, sir. And he said, uh, he said uh, where we attend, he said, we don't have a Sunday night service. He said, we watch y'all service every Sunday night. And... Uh, and he's standing there. Now, I didn't behave foolishly. I, I didn't do anything I'd be ashamed of. But right then, Brother Torbert, it reminded me. You never know. You never know. And so can I say, and he was talking about that. And he said, he said, I'm telling you, he said, the Spirit of God. He said, it's moving in those services. He said, I, he said when I watch, he said, boy, I just, we drink it up. He said, we just love it. And the lady that I talked to was his wife. And she's back there agreeing with everything that he said. And so I officially got to find out who he was and shake his hand and all those types of things. And, and tell him, we, we appreciate that you, you watch and all those things. And I, and I left and the whole time on my way home I thought to myself is that what if what if it was a situation where I was somebody practicing certain things sister Amy I could do certain things but it's not who I am because who I am is going to catch you when you're not in the church and who you are is going to catch you when you're at home in the marriage and who you are is going to catch you on the workplace and who you are is going to catch you as you're intermingling with people all around can I say the churches or the world should I say is sick to death of people who claim one thing and do another as a matter of fact Jesus was too he called them hypocrites he called them vipers he said you're not good for anything he said but you'll be cut down and thrown in the fire and can I say in 2022 the church as we know it has had a stain against it there's a mark against it. There are people who want to throw it away. But may there be a place. May there be a people who would say, God, let me grow in your favor, in your wisdom, and let us be. Let us be what you've called us to be. There's a lot of folks that are religious. There's a lot of folks, they know the ins and outs of church life. They've heard every sermon they can quote Clendenin. They know every line of soldiers. They bought every tape, DVD, all those. Let me tell you something at the end of the day. Do you know this Christ? And is he at work in you? I'm sorry, I'm way off my notes, but I'm just following the Holy Ghost, if that's all right. Amen. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. He said wisdom is the principal thing. When we look at this, I want you to understand is that because there is this truth, 
we understand that possessing and walking in wisdom are important to God for His people and is required, listen, for a proper representation of the kingdom of God in this earth. It is a proper, if you want, listen, it doesn't matter what committees you served on. It doesn't matter how many churches you can say, I was a member there, 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 and there. Matter of fact, I wouldn't really brag about that if that's what you're bragging about. That makes me think you're a little unstable, a little crazy. Amen. But it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter talents. It doesn't matter any of those things. But when we look at this, we have to understand is that our effectiveness as representatives in this world, and may I remind you, a lost world. A lost world. Sister Janie, they have to see something different. And it is not that difference cannot be what Jacob Smith produces because in myself there's nothing good. We have learned and the Word of God teaches us that without me, Christ said, you can do nothing. Nothing. You know, when we take a look at the early church, it wasn't that they were so sophisticated and had programs and the technology and things that we have today. That did not exist. But what were they doing? They were walking in the power and the effectiveness. They were walking in the wisdom of God. They were in relationship with Him. And as a result, He took fishermen and He took the uneducated. And he, had one, he had one doctor and He had one tax collector for sure. But other than that, we come to find that those men, the Bible says, they turned the world upside down. Upside down. Oh, so I want, I want to be very clear. Godly wisdom is not based upon where you went to Bible school. Amen. It is not where you go to Bible school. I've met a many of backslid Bible school students. Amen. They were daddy called and mama sent. They didn't want to be there anyway. Right? And so as a result, I've, I've seen it's not, it, this is not, and I, I made mention last Wednesday when we talk about godly wisdom, this is not something that is mystical and out of the way. But this is something that God wants us to have. He says, get it and get understanding. Understand it. Understand the Word of God. And so as we look at this, uh, I want you to understand it, it, uh, something that we said last week. And then I promise I'm going I'm to touch base on some things for this, for this night tonight. One doesn't have to have extreme intelligence to obtain wisdom. But one does have to have willingness. Are you willing? Are you willing? So now, let me transition to this. What are we willing to do? Well, the Word of God puts it very simply. Are you willing to ask? Now, doesn't that sound pretty simple? Are you willing to ask? Now, let's look at this for just a moment. As simple as it sounds, we find that we are challenged to ask God for wisdom. Ask Him for it. And so, however, I believe that we are often lacking because we are expecting God to give automatically. Or that we believe that His gifts, they come and our life is just so easy as a result of it. And there's no difficulty. And there's no personal responsibility. And there's no self-examination. Because we have reduced God down to a sense of a spiritual Santa Claus. 
We have brought him down and we have dumbed down the gospel. Listen, in order to get wisdom instead of us climbing to a higher plane. Isn't that what the songwriter said? A higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Now we have taken the things of God and the word of God and it's been twisted and distorted and it's been dumbed down and watered down and diluted to a fact to where we kind of splash around a little bit in some puddles of what once was rivers that one could get lost in. When we look at this, I want you to understand is that I believe and something that God was dealing with me about was this. Very often we are asking God for things to fix things or provide things, but we want little to no responsibility on our part. So our argument tonight could be, well, I have asked God, Brother Jacob, I've got issues in my marriage. I've got issues in my finances. I've got issues with some things personally going on. I've got some of these things. And I've asked God. I've asked God to help me. And let me just, let's role play for a minute. Because this is sometimes how we ask. And this is what I mean. Because you see, it's one thing to ask somebody something. And it's another thing to ask the right question. It's another thing to also ask with the right heart. It's the, there, so it's, it's different. Solomon said this. He said, a word fitly spoken. Fitly spoken. So what you say, how you say it, how you phrase it, and in the time and season, such as said, he said when it's done right, he says it's like apples of gold sitting in pitchers of silver. What does that equate to? Brother Gerard, it means it is a great treasure. It is, its value goes beyond measure. So let's, let's, let's just say this. You could take somebody, and you husbands, don't raise your hand, please. But maybe there's been a time there was some intense fellowship. I learned that phrase from Brother T. He brought that out in a message a long time ago, so I've, I adopted it. It's mine now. You know how it is that when you first start out, you say, Brother Torbert said... And when you quote it like, uh, you know, another time, it's like somebody said, and by about the fourth time, say, I say. <laughs> so that's what I've done. I've just adopted you. I'll, I'll have to pay you commission on that phrase. He might have took it for somebody else too. I don't know. But anyway, with the, you could have a moment of intense fellowship. And, 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 and our ask sounds something like this. God, I need you to fix this problem in my marriage. I need you to do this. And the problem is, God, you need to change my wife today. The problem is in how she hears and receives. And when she gets all, uh, she's talking back. And her attitude, her attitude, God, that's the problem. This is what's going on. And so we say things like, oh, I'm asking. You come and you call the preacher and you're crying and brokenhearted. I mean, I don't know. It looks like we're heading for divorce court. Well, let's talk about it. Can we counsel about it? Let's talk. Let's see what's going on. Well, I've tried. I mean, I prayed, Brother Jake. I've been praying, God. God to change her. I've been praying God to open her. I, I've been praying. And you see is that sometimes our ask is completely out of the bounds of 
We want to place certain things on certain people. We want certain things and we will ask certain things if it's done a certain way. I just, oh God, I, you know I just need more money. I just, that's all I need. I need a better paying job. I ain't never learned how to sit down and make a budget. I, I never learned how to pay my bills on time. I never learned how to obey and submit my finances to God. I've never wrote a tithe check, but Lord, you just bless me anyway. I'm asking you, Lord. Come on here. Come on here. There's contradiction in our asking. There's contradiction in our asking. Can I say this is that oftentimes, like I said, we're wanting God. We think that we're wanting, we're, we're wanting His insight. We think we're wanting His understanding. We think and we, we frame, we have a framework in which we ask these questions. But I would challenge the church that oftentimes we are asking the wrong question. And we're asking and we're going about it with the wrong heart and a wrong attitude in order to get wisdom we find there must be an asking of God but with that asking there must be a self realization that Lord I am in need of help I am in need our ask is often related to what answer we are wanting from God but can I say when we are in pursuit of his word when we are asking for godly wisdom I want you to understand get yourself ready one preacher he'd always say get ready get ready get ready get ready and you must get ready for this fact that when you start looking to apply your heart to wisdom get ready for the finger of the Holy Ghost to set in on a place in your heart and on your mind and say the problem son is not your wife the problem is you you are seeing a reflection of your rebelliousness you're seeing a reflection of your compromise you're seeing and what happens is there are many times we can say we want godly wisdom, but truthfully we're afraid to ask because of what it's going to lead to. Because it's going to lead to us in a place where we have to allow God to unearth some things, to challenge our thought process, to, are you ready? This is hard to get past the lips, to admit that we are wrong. To admit that we are at fault. We're very proud. And we will hold on for dear life. To, to, to what we believe we're right about. And we will hold on to that all the way to our death. What you have to understand is that in asking. I want you to notice. And I'm, and I'm, I'm going to be closing here. As a matter of fact, Brother Danny, won't you come? I'm running out of time. We're going to pick. We're going to. I, I told the church, I told y'all, we're going to spend some time in this. And we're going to look at some, some of these things. But I want to remind you, James 1, 5 and 6. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Can I push Paul's right there? Now listen. I love you. I am your pastor. I am happy to help you and serve in any way I can to help you get further down the road for you to make heaven your home. But a lot of the church has become pastorized. 
Instead of asking God, we want to ask a man. If I can just ask so-and-so. If I can call Brother Roderick. If I can call Brother T. If I, now listen. We're going to get to the point that wisdom is also connected to the people who you are around. So don't get me wrong. Thank God for godly friends. But notice what he said, Brother Jeremy. He said, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. God. The originator, the creator, in whom all wisdom exists. When we say and when we preach and when we sing about that Christ is enough. He is our all in all. He is eternal, Brother Michael. He is all of those things. Is because when we are looking into Him, He will reveal what is needed in us. And what happens is, is the problem that when we get to ask in the opinions of men, we tend to line up the people who are going to tell us what we want to hear. Hence, the person who's got a membership to every church in town. Where they have found a pastor, tell them what they wanted for a little while, found some people, have their clique that'll tell them what they want to hear. The Word of God said in those last days they would gather themselves together teachers having itching ears, a need to hear of the opinion of people who will tell them smooth things, easy things, things that pet on the flesh, things that will say, you're not wrong, things that would say, if I were you, I would do that too. If I were you, I understand why you're bitter. I understand why you can't forgive. I understand why you got hate in your heart. What does godly wisdom say? If you can't forgive your brother, then you cannot be forgiven. That's what the Word says. But you'll find somebody and they'll buddy up with you. And I mean, we just all, we're all miserable. And misery loves company. You're not miserable, Brother James. We just, this, is just, this is just for dramatic impact tonight. We're buddies. We're buddies. Oh, we'll hang around. And do you notice, if you don't believe me... Pause and listen to the conversations of the people who you're letting their opinion validate your sinful ways. Listen to the conversations. It will always center around the pain that is not healed. It will center around the sin that is being justified. You'll feed, yes brother Udi, you will feed on the negativity that's going on. That's not wisdom. I just, I need somebody, I need somebody that'll understand me. Nobody understands you or knows you like the Lord does. So problem solved. Ask God. I, I referenced Brother Roderick's message and there was a lot that I just appreciated. But he said, he said this. He said, is there any sick among you? That's what the Word of God says. Here out of the book of James where I was just reading. And it talks about, said, let him pray. 
Here's a part of the problem. When there's offense, when there's sin, when there's foolishness, when we're acting out and you know and God knows that we're not doing right, we talk first, we spread first, we act out first. And then, when all it did, Brother Roderick, was produce a whole lot more pain and problem, then we want to pray. Then we want to pray. In order to get wisdom, he says, get wisdom. But in order to get it, he said, you've got to ask. Ask who? Ask God. Can I ask you a simple question right here in this moment of the service? With the thing you're fighting, with the situation you battle, with what's going on in here. You say, Brother Jake, if you looked in here, you'd run away. It's crazy up in here. With what things we just... Can I ask you this? How long has it been that before you got offended, before you ran your mouth, before you made another bad decision that you locked yourself in a closet that you found yourself an altar that you got in that secret place and you said God how do I need to handle this how do I need to manage this what do I need to do what do I need to do do you know, Brother Chad, there's been times I have aggravated people who had a problem with me, who wanted to attack and did attack, but I didn't do or say anything back. Have you ever, have you ever been around somebody? They wanted a fight. They wanted it. They were provoking their language, their body language, everything about it. I want to tell you, if you want to drive somebody off the cliff, you just, you just stand there. Smile at them. Give them a little. That's right, sis. The Lord said this. He said, it's like heaping coals of fire upon their head. And I wasn't, Sister Janie, in all honesty, I wasn't trying to provoke them back with silence. But here's the thing, is that in that moment, thank God for times when I felt the Holy Ghost pull the reins and say, uh-uh, not right now, not in this moment. If anything, you sit, you listen, and be silent. But let patience have its perfect work, that ye might be perfect and entire. Brother Eli, and it goes on to say, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Because I'm going to tell you, you will not find wisdom on a newscast. You will not find wisdom watching Dr. Phil all day. You will not find wisdom seeing what Judge Judy's verdict is going to be. You will not find wisdom in the rudiments of this world. The opinions of men. Some folks are stuck. Boy, I, I just I could go I could go on for a while here, but I'm gonna stop. 
Some folks are so stuck in certain places of life because you are holding on to, you know what the Apostle Paul called them? Vain and profane babbling, babblings. That's what he called them. Vain and profane babblings of men. That's what he called it. Baseless opinions. Men seeming, thinking themselves to be wise, and yet are fools. If any of us lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Can we bow our heads tonight? Father, I do thank you. Jesus, would you help us? Lord, we're your people and we need your help. We need wisdom. We need the Word of God. We need the will of God. And it's not just what we're tied to doing, but who we are in you. Lord, in all of our getting, let us have a desire. We must get understanding. Let, I need to know. I need to know your Word. I need to know your ways. Lord, I, I, I need the leadership of the Holy Ghost in my life. I'm raising a family. I'm a husband. I'm a leader. I need your wisdom. And church, can I tell you, it doesn't matter. Titles, it doesn't matter. Money, it doesn't matter. Beliefs, prestige, or popularity. When it's all stripped away and it all boils down to it. Do we know God? Do we know Him? In this sermon series, and even Sunday night, a prevailing theme has been here. If you listen closely, and it is that of intimacy. Walking with God. Knowing His plan. Knowing His word. Lord, would you open our eyes? Would you open our hearts and our ears? Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight you are dealing with a situation Maybe it's physical, spiritual, emotional. Maybe it's something going on in your family. Maybe there's some things you've been harboring and holding on to in your heart for a while. And we've gathered around ourselves a lot of people. They, we've bought on to their opinions. But Lord, what do you say? Let me ask of God. Let me ask of you, Lord. And tonight, if that's your heart, tonight, if that's what you'd say, Brother Jake, that's what I need. I need to ask God. I've had enough of man's opinion. I've had enough. I see where my own ways have produced nothing but pain and problem. But Lord, help me. Why don't we come tonight? Why don't we come and find ourselves a place in these altars? Why don't tonight we spend some time and say, Lord, would you help me? I need your wisdom. Oh, tonight, did you know with sincerity? Did you know with a broken and a contrite spirit? Did you know that as you begin to ask of God? Did you know that as you begin to say, Lord, I, I don't want, I don't want there to be, I don't want to be tied and hindered to foolishness. I don't want my spiritual walk to be stagnated. Oh, as I've grabbed a hold of the opinions of men, the rudiments of this world, Profane and vain babblings. And God, would you help me? As I need your wisdom, as I need your direction, as I need your leadership, Lord, I'm asking of you.
I'm asking of you in whom all wisdom is, from whom all wisdom and all blessing flows. Lord, I need you to lead me. I need you to guide me. Oh, Rabbi, la 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 la